This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini. Um, and yep, it's a pleasure to be with you for the next hour. Um, and I don't know if you've been watching the Commonwealth Games. Very, very exciting and fantastic to see Custer Semenya doing so well. Chad LeClos, Cameron, just it's, it's great. Love, love watching that sport. And you know, over the weekend I went away. And uh, I went off to the Mjajani Game Reserve. I stayed at uh, Sariti River Lodge. And so you wake up early in the morning and you get into the Land Rover and you get taken out into the bush. And it's amazing how you can spend three hours driving around and you never feel bored. You never feel like you wish that it would just hurry up and come to an end. One minute it's six o'clock in the morning and it feels like the next moment it's nine o'clock in the morning. And it's kind of like being in a zone. You lose yourself. You lose all sense of time, of place, because you're so incredibly present. You're so in that moment. You're immersed in nature, in the bush, looking for the animals. And I mean, why am I mentioning it? Because I I came back after being away for literally just three days and I felt as if I had been away for three weeks. And I thought about it, like, what is it? What is it about the bush that we love um, besides, of course, um, just being in, in the beautiful African bush and the animals? But it's kind of like... When you have nothing to do, um, you are forced to relax. You can't say, okay, well, I'm just going to do this, and in five minutes' time, I'll relax. You relax. There's nothing else to do. You don't have the technology. Everything is switched off, and you are fully, fully in the present moment. You are fully connected to nature, to life, to the universe, to the beat of what is. And it's such an acceptance of that moment and of what is. And so when I came back, I thought, how do we capture that? How do we have these moments where we can switch off and de-stress? Because we don't all have the opportunity to take time off and to just, you know, go away and enjoy ourselves in that way. And how do we introduce this into our everyday lives? And I think this is possibly one of the challenges. And it's really something that we need to start considering. When do we make time for for ourselves where we say we're not going to do anything and we just immerse ourselves in something that fills us with joy and fills us with pleasure. And it's a question that I'm asking you and I think it's lovely to ask yourself to say, let me stop, let me, let me find pleasure, let me find joy, let me find presence in this moment. So something to consider as we enter the show, because we really have such a fantastic show lined up for you. I have got the most inspirational young seven-year-old who's going to be telling us about something that she's doing within our community. Um, Isabella Sava is going to be joining us just now. And then we're going to be focusing on hospice, the incredible work that they do. 
their fundraising events um, and I have a wonderful warrior Barbara Gray who's going to be joining us and sharing her story as well and then talking about Fashion Week, um, JJ Skuman who's a fashion designer um, at the head of the South African Fashion Council will be telling us about fa- the, the Fashion uh, Week coming up and the hospice's involvement in it so that's what you have to look forward to so tune out, this is your opportunity to be in the present moment and Listen to the DL Link show on Chai FM. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. This is Life Links with a DL Link. Welcome back to the DL Link show. Something that we always talk about on the DL Link show is community involvement, community helping. And not only does the DL Link help within the community, the community makes it possible for the DL Link to help. It's just an incredible cycle of gratitude and giving. And you know, when little kids get involved, it's just a wonderful, wonderful story to share because it just shows how the giving and the receiving starts so early within our community. So I have Isabella Sava in the studio. Um, she's seven years old and she has put together an incredible initiative for the DL Link and her mom, Victoria, is in the studio as well. So Isabella, hi and welcome onto the show. Hello. How are you? Good. You, you look fantastic. And what are you wearing, Isabella? What is that? A sash. A sash? A sash for what? For the competition I'm in. For a competition that you're in. Well, let me introduce your mom, Victoria. Victoria, hi. Welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you. Lovely to have you on the show. Thanks. So beautiful Isabella is here with a sash on. Maybe you want to tell us about this. Yes. Um, she's a finalist in the Miss SA Schools Project. Um they pick 30 finalists from all over South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's the youngest this year in the competition. Oh, wow. And they, they basically have to pick a charity and she's picked the DL link and they do fundraisers to raise money for this charity. Um, there's also like radio interviews. She'll be in the newspaper. Um, and then it all culminates in a gala event at the end of May in Pretoria. So the end of May, that's when they're going to decide. And you're a finalist, Isabella. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. So why did you choose the DL Link as your charity? Because I wanted to help Jewish kids and their families who are battling cancer. And cancer is, of course, close to my heart is, as my grandfather is battling cancer. Oh, so have you gone along and met the people at the DL Link yet? Yeah, I have. And who have you met? I've met a voluntary. Yes. Aren't they wonderful, wonderful people? Uh-huh. Oh, and they must be so proud of you representing them, hey? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So tell me what you're doing. You've now got to make money. You've got to raise funds. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do. So how does a seven-year-old raise funds? What did you decide to do? Well, I'm going to have a challah bake this afternoon. Yes. To raise money Yes For my charity DL Link Uh huh And I'm going to have a slipper day at school tomorrow My goodness, yes And all the money is going to go to the charity And Well Well that's a lot I would say that's already a lot So tomorrow everyone's coming in school in their To school in their slippers Yeah And they're going to pay money to do it And that money is going to go to the charity And you have a challah bake happening this afternoon So Victoria how does one put a challah bake together? That sounds like an enormous task Um, Well the DL Link have been very helpful They've done a lot of the work Mm -hmm. But um, she's having a challah bake this afternoon At um, Powerworks at Genesis at 3 
And it's just for all the kids to, um, they're gonna, it's gonna be a secret key hala bake. So they're all gonna put a key inside the hala. And yeah, it's something fun for the kids to do and get involved with. That's great. And how do you get a young seven-year-old as a mom? How do you get your daughter so involved and, you know, focusing on other people and wanting to do so much for other people? Well, she's part of a modeling agency called Little Charmers and they can nominate people who they feel would fit this. And so she was nominated and, um, she loves getting involved. She's done other charity fashion shows and ads, um, to help charities and, she just she loves helping other people. It's it's what she loves to do. Oh, so. It's wonderful. Well, Isabella, I wish you lots of success. I hope the Khalabay goes well. I hope the slipper day goes well. Just enjoy every moment of this experience. Thank you for being so big hearted and giving everything back to the DL link. And we want to hear how you do. We're gonna listen out for you, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. All the best. God bless Isabella. Isabella Sava, Victoria, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to take a break. And then after the break, Jackie Kay, who is the CEO of, of Hospice Vits, will be joining us. Stay with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Welcome back. This is 101.9 High FM and this is the DL Link Show. I'm Nikki Seberini and so the show continues. As I said a little bit earlier, we're going to be focusing on hospice, the incredible work that hospice does and an exciting fundraising event that is taking place this weekend. So I have Jackie Kay, who is the CEO of Hospice Vits in the studio. Jackie, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. So how long have you been at hospice? I mean, you've, you've got, had, had an amazing career. I've been at hospice for, this is my 12th year, actually. I mean, that's a long time. It is a long time. Long, long, long time. Absolutely. So let's talk about hospice. Mm. Last time we spoke about hospice, we said, you know, there are lots of misconceptions. So for those who don't know, what is hospice? What is it that you do? Super. Thank you. Hospice Vits is a non-profit organization Mm -hmm. what we do is we care and support people who have got a life-threatening illness in other words a patient but it's not just the patient that we look after we care for them holistically right which means we care for them spiritually mentally physically as well but it's the family the family is impacted by that life-threatening illness so we look after them as well so we've got an interdisciplinary team consisting of doctors, home care nurses, um, inpatient nurses, counselors, social workers, and they all look after the family and everybody that's affected. And your patient is the most important person. We try and celebrate their life and we make sure that they're pain-free and that their dignity is always intact. So that is what Hospice Vits is all about. Wow. So let's talk about, um, you said... um, they, they help people who have life-threatening illnesses. Correct. What is a life-threatening illness? So it's not just cancer because I thought no, it was no, just cancer. No, okay. no, absolutely. Anything. Anything that means that your life is coming to an end. So it could be motor neuron disease. It could be HIV and AIDS. It could be TB. Obviously, there are many, many types of cancer. So cancer is another one of those. But anything that means that... Life is coming to an end, and you need palliative nursing. Now, palliative nursing. What is palliative yes, nursing? So, so, palliative nursing is a specific nursing which looks after the person holistically, mm-hmm. but it actually cares for them to make sure that they're not suffering from pain. Cancer, as you know, is a very painful 
um, disease or life-threatening illness. So they are looking to, or our nurses, our doctors, our interdisciplinary team, are looking to make sure that you are pain-free and that your dignity is intact. So it's caring for people in a nursing environment which is um, in a terminal way. Okay, yeah. so let's look at that in a terminal way because mm, this is what sure. makes it interesting because yes. some people think that hospice is just a place you go right at the end to die. Mm. So someone has been diagnosed with cancer yes. and they are they have a treatment plan and they're going for treatment. Would they contact hospice at this point? We would love them to contact hospice right there and then okay. because why? We actually have the social workers, counselors, doctors who can walk the path with them. Okay. So they can still be going for chemotherapy or radiation or any other treatment, or no treatment, but they can be a hospice patient. Okay. Most of our patients are cared for in the comfort of their own home. So we have nurses that go out. So let's say my dad has got cancer and he needs to see somebody once a month. They will come out to his home, make sure everything's working all right, chat to him, chat to my mom, chat to the rest of us. It's that care and support of that big group. Mm -hmm. So we would prefer that somebody is going to be given to us as a hospice patient right from diagnosis. And you'll hear later on that that's really where our support comes to uh, comes to everybody. So it's the the end is not where we wish to to um, take on a patient. Most patients who come our way will say if only we knew about hospice visits long ago mm. it would have made such a difference mm. to us mm. okay so that's so important that mm. we with that we're having this conversation Absolutely. so we've got to change the whole perception that yes. some people not everyone that some people have when you talk about spiritual support mm -hmm. so let's talk about that yes. you know i've had warriors who come into the studio the yes. diagnosis is such a shock it's yes. such a shock to the patient it's so difficult for family and friends as well because they don't know what to do correct they don't know. Yeah. So what, what, what do you define as spiritual support? Well, it's, it's really anything. I mean, we're an interdenominational organization. It's really anything that a person needs. So mm -hmm. you've got a spiritual counselor. We've got a spiritual counselor. We've got social workers. We've got people, nurses who've been there for 27 years. Mm -hmm. They know how to spiritually counsel or listen to the patient and it's not just the the patient because obviously the family members are going through their troubles and their difficulties and their fear and their panic as well so spiritual can mean whatever that patient needs um, whether it's a minister that we have to bring in whether it's the spiritual counselor who only sits there and and goes through a number of actually mm. a number of visits to get the person to where they accept what is going on and yeah, I mean, the family also needs to get to that point, remember? So, so, mm -hmm. so sorry, sorry, Jackie, and no I don't know if you're the right person to be asking this question to. Yes. Maybe it should be the, 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 the spiritual um, social worker. You know, when you're first diagnosed, there's the hope and there's the I'm going sure. to conquer this yes. and I'm going to come right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where, where, when does acceptance, so when you're talking about acceptance, is mm. it acceptance of a diagnosis? Is it an acceptance that maybe the treatment is not working? Mm. Is it the, the the acceptance that they are dying? And mm. at what at, do you know what I'm mm, saying to absolutely. you? And it's so the acceptance mm. at so many different stages. Mm, and at mm. what point is a patient? Do you come in and say to the patient, "We now have to accept the next stage"? Do you ever have that conversation? You know, one of the things that you should have a conversation about is death, mm -hmm. because we, are we should all, all be having be that dying. conversation, yes. shouldn't we? Yes, absolutely. So we should talk openly about it. And one of the things that we have recently um, put through into a podcast is that 
talk about death. The one thing hospice people should do is say, all right, at the moment, this is where you're at. I'm going to give you an example quickly. My uncle was diagnosed uh, for two and a half years. He had all sorts of things, diabetes, leukemia, cancer, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, I kept saying to him, please, can we just do home care for you? When he came to see our doctor, within half an hour, he and my aunt had phoned me and said, now I understand what it's all about. And now I understand I've got four days left approximately before I leave this world. Sure. He was, he was, our An doctor was the first Frank. person yeah, who spoke about death. And yeah. everybody could prepare themselves for that. Mm. And some people come to us and they're going to be there for another two years. Mm. They don't have to be dying today mm. or tomorrow. Mm. So that is the conversation we like having. Here is the honest truth. You may still go through the hope. You can still go through chemotherapy. You can do what you wish. We will support you throughout that whole, mm. um, that whole path that you're taking but it's your choice and when you get to a point of saying enough chemotherapy we're still going to be there for you Mm -hmm. wow that's how it really works Mm -hmm. and that's how we that's the myth that we want to squash Mm -hmm. and bring people to us earlier i had a a warrior here a few weeks ago an incredible man by the name of richard wright who had a a brain tumor he's a single dad and he's just this being of light and positivity and mm. he does he does talks now and he said we're all dying we're all terminal he Absolutely. says can I, can we start living mm. Mm. do you know For what sure. i'm saying and and that's kind of it's it's such a difficult topic but it's something mm. that we so have to talk about we is do. that we you know we are we're we all dying at this exact point so mm. let's talk about it Correct. Correct. Um, let's be open about it mm-hmm. and then let's start seeing how we can enjoy every moment that we do have however Absolutely. long however yes. long we do that's have. that's the thing it's a mm. celebration of your life mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's going to end today but it is going to end at some point and people should really be investing in that because you are investing in your parents or you're investing in the elderly people who are going to be passing away mm. so Let's just talk, um, Jackie, when you talk about the home care, yes. how does that work? All right. So home care is pretty much most of what hospices do, most of what we do. It's 85% of what we do. Okay. We have got a qualified home care nurse. Um, we have got care workers, community care workers in the Soweto area. They come to the house. So let's say we have a diagnosis that comes through. They come through to hospice fits and they say, we think we need to register at hospice. We have a home care nurse who goes out and does an assessment. We also have a doctor who can go out and do an assessment. But because our home care nurses are so qualified and have so many years of, of service, they will go out, they will spend time with the patient, they will check all the, the vital signs, they will check all the records from the physician that they are being looked after by, they will check um, information from the families, they'll do a whole uh, care chart for the, for the patient. Um, then they decide what level of illness is the patient at and if they need to visit them once a week or once every month or more often than that and it and it varies mm-hmm. um, they will also then give advice on the medication that they have and if we take that patient over from the physician then it becomes the hospice of its care plan in okay. other words then if, if they were taking <coughs> chemotherapy medicines that stops Okay, And we will then visit that person on a regular basis and we are in touch 24-7. So you can phone anytime you like. The family member can phone. We can come in as an interdisciplinary team, not just the home care nurse. In other words, the counselor or the spiritual counselor or the social worker. And everybody comes in to the home to see what they can do. Hmm. Hmm. Our inpatient unit uses um, 
that time for perhaps respite or for wound care or for making sure that the person's medication is monitored correctly. Mm -hmm. So the patient can be brought into the inpatient unit by the home care or on the suggestion of the home care nurse. And sometimes it's just about nutrition, in fact. So we make sure that the patient is okay, and then they will go home again. Sure. So they will choose to be in the home, Mm -hmm. which is where their space is. They've got their pets there. They might have a a carer there for them, but their family is there and easily accessible to them. Wow, just amazing. Absolutely amazing. amazing, And, of course, I mean, I'm just thinking, does medical aid cover cover something like us? I mean, you a non-profit. Correct. You obviously need to be doing fundraising all the time. So how do you cover your costs? Well, um, patient billing is a very small part of the money we get back. So mm-hmm. our expenses are 31 million rand per annum. Gee, we get was. about 4.5 million rand back from medical aid. So in other words, if you are on a medical aid, we will try and claim from the medical aid. If you're not and you can donate money, we will take obviously that donation with, with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, many people run out of their medical aid in August July of a year, mm-hmm. which means they now become indigent. They mm-hmm. can't pay. Right. And we also have many patients who can't pay anything whatsoever. So that's why we have to raise that money. The other way we raise money is through our charity shops. So you can donate anything, pre-loved goods. We will come and collect it from your Pre-loved. Home. Yeah. I love this. Pre-loved goods. <laughs> we, li- we like that term. Not second no, Absolutely. Pre-loved, absolutely. of course. Uh, we will come collect it from your home. Um, or you can go and donate it to any one of our shops. We've got six shop- shops at the moment. Um, we get about 12.5 million rand in from that. Gee, so was it fantastic. From wow. books to clothes to toys to radios to TVs to anything, whatever you do not wish to use anymore, we will collect and sell. <laughs> and then the last avenue of, of fundraising is through our events or our corporate fundraising or fundraising efforts, so trusts, foundations, the corporate world, you know, the businesses, um, bequests, if anybody wants to bequeath money to hospice fits in their will. We um, do that as well. We we engage with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the events is a big part. We're trying to raise funds through events sure. because it also helps us to market ourselves mm. if we have an event um, happening. Wow. Mm. So you do have an event happening. We do. Which is quite an interesting event that you've linked up with mm-hmm. because it all has to do with fashion. So yes. let's talk about fashion and let's yes. talk about hospice and where yes. do the two meet? The two meet because of the retail shops. So we're trying to direct people to actually go into the trendy aspect of retail shops. Mm -hmm. And our retail shops have got antiques and collectibles. So you can go and find an an evening dress there. You can go and find a wedding dress. Oh, wow. What do they call it? Like vintage sometimes? Vintage. vintage, Which is very in. I love vintage. Absolutely. Or antiques. Uh So we've got both. So the the fashion comes into we want to direct people to come and buy. um, And we also want to direct people to Give us of their pre-loved goods. We had a uh, empty shop concept in Sandton City about three years ago. Oh, I remember. And people were donating the evening dresses. Mm. I mean, some big celebrity names were do- uh, donating, and we would then sell them at our shops. You know, when people want to go to an evening um, function, they don't really want to go and spend thousands of rands. Come to the hospice with shops. Because so you've got there some are great, so many really? things. Really? Oh, I'm coming shopping. Well, the other thing is this um, Night with the Stars event we're having it on Sunday night, um, the last walk of the celebrities, they will be walking in 
our clothes, clothes from hospice yes. that you can find in the hospice shops. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. So tell us, it's happening this Sunday night. It's yes. the last show of the Fashion Week. Am yes, I correct? It is. The Fashion Week finishes on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We have been privileged to be given Sunday night as wow. um, Night with the Stars. Um, there are about 10 or 12 designers. There are at least 100 celebrities. They will also be performing. So some of them will be singing and others walking and doing both. Hmm. Um, It's a showcase of celebrities and fashion put together. And we are so lucky to have this relationship with Jan Milan and team. And there are many people that are helping us out here to get this uh, event going on Sunday night. Are tickets available to everyone, public? They are um, on Ticket Pro Uh um, or otherwise on the Hospice (coughs) website. There's a link in there. Uh, we have VIP tickets at 450 rand and we have general tickets at 350 rand. Okay. Um, tickets are selling out fast. Okay, buy the tickets. So, it's, it, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be an amazing evening. We've yes. just heard what a, what a fantastic cause it is. Mm. Jackie, thank you very much. Thanks for coming into the studio. I hope that it's hugely successful. Thank you. And may so you continue we. to do the great work that you do at Hospice Vits. Thank you for your thank time. Thank you so much. Thank you so Appreciate much. It. Jackie Kay, who is the CEO of Hospice Vits. And we have our warrior this week. Um, Barbara Gray, who has dealt, and she is a hospice patient, so she we're going to hear straight from Barbara her experience with um, with uh, with a um, hospice. So, Barbara, thanks for holding. Uh, lovely to have you on the show. Thanks, Jackie. It's lovely to be here and to be part of your show. No, it's a pleasure. And my name's Nikki Barbara. Um, <laughs> um, we we've just had um, Jackie, and she's been uh-huh. telling us all about hospice and uh, you know we, about the incredible work that hospice does. And you are a recipient of of the the wonderful things that they do. You were you were diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Tell us a little bit about your story. Quite correct, and I can vouch for what hospice has done in my my life. So I, I'm happy to share with you. Lovely. Well, how it all started, I was diagnosed in September uh, 16 with ovarian cancer and I started chemo for three months and then I had the major surgery because obviously the ovarian cancer had spread mm-hmm. and I'd had the surgery and I was in terrible pain. And I and a school friend who's a nursing um, sister in one of the hospitals um, in Joburg phoned me up and she said, why don't you, why don't you uh, be in touch with hospice? You know, they're just not for the terminal, uh, for people that are terminally um, suffering from, from cancer. And I said, well, you know, that was my idea that you had to be terminal before you were in touch. So she said, no, not at all. Well, a lady walked into my home uh, after I'd registered, and it was the best thing um, that could have happened to me. Bev King, she's one of the palliative care uh, home care sisters. Mm -hmm. They qualified nursing staff, and they've specialized in palliative care. And if you want to know what palliative care is, um, is they control the pain and the, and symptoms from cancer and from chemo. Hmm. So, so Barbara, Barbara I, I, I want to just ask you, when, when your friend told you about contacting hospice, what was that process like? Was it an easy process getting in touch with them and registering with them? Because I don't know about you, but that's always a stumbling block for me. 
You know, um, I think I was in a place that I really couldn't control the pain anymore, mm-hmm. and I was quite desperate. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I just gave them a call. And actually, I had an assistant of a friend, and she said, come on, Barbara, get on the phone, let's phone. Right. And it was, they just, um, I, I just uh, sent them my details, and Bev, um, Bev King, the sister that was actually looking after me, came in and we filled in the forms. And that was that. From then on, she, she, she gave me the first lot of morphine, which was helping me with the pain. And I just, and she told me how to use it. And she phoned every second day to see how I was coping. Wow. And it was, she was just part of my journey. Hmm. And she was available. 24 hours out of 24 hours. So wow. one morning I woke up and I couldn't feel my feet and my toes. And I, you know, let's just phone Bev. And she explained, you know, everything that you weren't sure of. I mean, she just gave you the peace of mind and very knowledgeable and a lot of experience. So I felt uh, secure mm. and uh, I was in the best hands uh, because I knew I had somebody walking by my side, you know. Fantastic. Uh, on my journey. She was an integral part of my journey. And and how are you now, Barbara? Well, um, I finished chemo for the first time in July last year. Yes. And unfortunately, four months later, it had grown again. I'm sorry. Mm. So I'm on my second lot of uh, chemo, and I'm having my last chemo on the 9th of May. Hmm. Uh, I'm doing well. Good for um, you. And, and we hope and believe and pray that, that I'll be in remission forever. Please, God. Please, God, yes. Barbara. Oh, I agree with you. Um, so, and... Um, I just have to say, you know, that pick up the phone and don't wait until it's, too, you know, at, a, at, a, at an advanced, advanced stage, you mm-hmm. know. Phone mm-hmm. them as soon as you diagnose. Mm. You don't have and to suffer needlessly. You've got people to support you and help you is what you're of saying. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I heard you speaking to... Um, um, Jackie, and telling you, you about the inpatient. So when the wheels come off, you know, which happened to me once, they I just went in there for three days. They sorted me out with, you know, the things that I was needing and battling with and the pain, and I was ready to go again. Hmm. So they just look at every part of your, of, of what you're struggling with, you know. Hmm. So, um, so if you haven't got the number, I'm sure, I don't know if you've told the people that are, are listening to you, is, uh, you know, you can just phone 011 yes. 483-9100. You are amazing, Barbara. Thank you for sharing your story and for being so helpful with the number as well. And I just, I love that we're hearing it from your point of view um, because we need people to know that, you know, the contact with hospice should be made early within the diagnosis, as you say, to be supported so that you don't need to be suffering and to be in that pain. And that is exactly what hospice is there for. So, Barbara, thank you. We wish you good health um, 
and really that the last session of chemo um, is the last session that you need. And uh, God bless you and thank you very much for coming on to the show. Thanks so much, Nikki, and it was great speaking to you. Take care, Barbara. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Barbara Gray, an ovarian cancer warrior, a hospice patient, and the number for hospice, just if you want to jot it down very quickly, 11 We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Welcome back to the DL Link show um, on 101.9 High FM. Wonderful to have Barbara and Jackie on the show. I have Haley, um, who's come to join us as well. She works at hospice and she works there because she fell in love with the people. She fell in love with the organization because she herself um, had uh, very personal dealings with hospice um, when she lost her husband to cancer. So Haley, welcome. Thanks for coming on to the show. It's so lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. And you're so passionate about hospice and what hospice does. Absolutely. Um, as they said earlier... Come a little bit closer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as they spoke earlier, I was also under the impression that hospice was for the terminally ill. Mm. And when someone mentioned their name, I said, no, 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 no. When your husband had cancer. When my husband yes. was diagnosed. Mm. Um, and then there... A counsellor came to visit us at home. His name was Cameron. And I was so impressed. And throughout the three and a half year journey, they were by my side. For the three step, and a half yes, years. Yes, every okay. step of the way, all the way, right until the end. So there are no words for for hospice. And because they gave so much to me and my family, I just felt that I had to give back to them and try and get the word out about the wonderful work that they actually do. Mm. Um, I was helping a bit in the IP unit and now I'm trying to do fundraising for them because they're oh. desperately short of money. So please, everybody, okay. <laughs> okay. give to hospice. Okay. Okay. Um, and they provide support in every way that you need. Often my husband uh, didn't want to go to the the oncologists and we would see Dr. Mark there and he would give the right medication. Why didn't he want to go to the oncologist? He didn't want to bother them no, or they were no, too busy? No, the or doctors were too busy and they're clinical. Whereas at hospice, it's very holistic mm-hmm. and you, f- you feel like you're a person. What do you mean by holistic? They, they, all areas are included from mm-hmm. being able to talk to the counsellors if you want a more practical approach or the spiritual approach. Right. Uh, Cameron deals with the very the spiritual aspects, and he goes through the dying process. He doesn't um, leave out words. He's very honest, and he makes you feel very safe. And throughout the journey, you fe- feel you, I felt held all the time, and my children as well. Um, the nursing sister who we dealt with was uh, Joanne. I could phone her 24 hours a day. Often there were times when my husband would collapse or he would fall. I would phone her and she would come to the house within minutes. Incredible. Um, you didn't want to call Hatsola all the time. She mm. taught me how to manage his pain, how mm. to give them morphine. And then when he was very sick, he would go to the inpatient unit and they would take care of him until he was better to come home. And you just feel, feel like you held and you loved and you're not alone on this very scary and awful journey that's really very hard Mm. and the support they gave to the children 
and to everybody, we're in, it's, there are no words. No words. I can, no I words. can see, I can see it, I can see it in your face, and we've spoken before, Haley. Yes. I want to ask you, in the beginning, you said you resisted it. Yes. Um, when someone said contact hospice. And is that because you had the wrong idea of what hospice was all about? Exactly. I thought hospice meant death. Like and that is so okay. far from the truth because okay. it's not at all like that. And if there's one thing that I can try and get through to people, it's to say that they are there throughout your journey. And sometimes the journey ends well, sometimes it doesn't, but it can take many years for the journey to end. And throughout that time, they're just there in every way. Mm. So it, it's mm. such a pity that people think you know, that hospice is for the terminally ill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even when my husband eventually got very, very ill, he was going to stay at home, but he had to go in for a bed sore. And while we were there, although we were still the primary caregivers, they were doing the medical stuff that we couldn't do. And they helped us even after the death. And that's what's so important. They helped us after the really? death and still continue in to what help way? us. In what way? Hayley? With counseling, grieving counseling. Uh, everything and mm. we can pick up the phone today I saw Cameron two days ago and he gave me a little bit of a talk so mm. they're there throughout the journey and after the journey just incredible incredible they are angels walking this earth plane oh. so let's talk about other angels were walking yes. this earth plane because at the same time you were with the DL link as well so for people who are listening now let's talk about where hospice fits in and let's talk about where the DL link fits in okay absolutely now the DL link come in in a different way I would say I mean, Michelle and her team, Gabby, was with us also from the beginning. I don't know how they got to us, but he arrived one day at our house Mm. and he gave my husband um, exercises to do to strengthen his muscles because he could hardly walk. And he came into the gym with him and then included the children. He took my children sometimes to lifts when I couldn't do it when I was busy with chemo and dialysis. Every single Friday night, we got chalas. Every single Friday, Mm. we got pamper sessions, manis, pedis, spa days. They didn't stop for three and a half years. The gifts came. They also hold you in a different way. They make you feel that life is manageable. And they were there to support us. And they made it easier for us to manage some sort of normal while going through such a not normal, traumatic and exhausting Mm. time. Mm. So the two worked so well together and um, they're just no words. And I mean, all of the wonderful work that these two organizations do. And I could not begin to imagine how my family and I would have coped without their support. Mm. And if there's anything from this journey that I have learned, it's that I've grown and found strength in myself that I never knew I had. Really, Haley? Absolutely. How long did it take till you realized that you had gained the strength through such a loss? I think only after my husband died mm. and I realized if you had said to me what was going to happen and how I would be, I'd say no, I wouldn't be standing. But we couldn't have done this alone. Mm. Never, ever, ever. It mm. was through these two wonderful organizations that held us throughout the entire journey that we were able to come out on the other side and 
start seeing the sun. <laughs> mm. And I love that you've gone back to hospice and that you're helping hospice. So you're helping with the fundraising. I mean, that I mean that would make me shiver and shake. I can't stand fundraising, asking people for money. And this is what you're doing. So we're going to take a break. Um, and after the break, I'm so excited to have JJ Skuman in the studio. He is a fashion designer. He's the head of SA Fashion Council, Gauteng. And he's going to be telling us about the wonderful things happening um, with SA Fashion Week and just also talking about the fundraising event on Sunday night. So stay where you are. We'll be right back. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. We've been talking about this fantastic fundraising event that is happening on Saturday night, uh, Sunday night. Um, it's called Night with the Stars at Ends of SA Fashion Week 2018 in style, Sunday, the 15th of April in Santon. Um, I have JJ Skuman in the studio, fashion designer. JJ, welcome. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us and for talking about the fundraising event. But before we get yes. there, let's talk about house fashion in Africa, specifically South Africa. Oh, my word. It's on a roll. I don't think we've seen fashion this exciting and wild and, wild and wonderful ever. It's really? like all the cultures have come together. Um, every little voice out there is making a big splash. Because, you know, fashion is the easiest thing, actually, you know, to get a skill. You've got um, a person, three months later, they can uh, start to sew. It's one of those things that jobs and employment, that kind of thing, it's... It's the it's the easiest thing through fashion, mm-hmm. yeah, because mm-hmm. it's something that you're able to do without trying too hard. You mean we can also? We can also, yes, and we must. Okay, I'll keep <laughs> telling myself. <that>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I actually could sew. So yeah. let's talk about. I mean, South Africa really is a melting pot. Yes, and uh, there are a lot of designers who are standing out and who are going and they're showing overseas. And you've done the same. Yes. But what is it like? And is it really important to take these designs and go international, or is there enough recognition and support? Here in this country Yeah, it's such a, a wonderful question And it's very o- complicated also to answer it I'm sure Completely Because, you know, one has to actually decide as a designer Is it going to be international? Yeah Or are you going to be local? Because international is a whole other ball game. It's just like something that we do not understand Really? And cracking it in South Africa in fashion Is another a fine art of its own It's almost an impossibility because it's just so, so, so complex. And um, actually, that is how I got on board with the Gauteng Fashion Council, where I'm a director. We, you know, we are elected by the industry. So I was actually watching this whole thing called fashion in South Africa over, over my 33 years of career. <laughs> and uh, I just woke up one day and I said, I'm not happy. And I thought, what can I do? I can't. I don't know what I can do. And uh, of not course, happy as in dissatisfied. Yeah, with just with I mean, everything. you had celebrities wearing your clothes. Yes, you had been international. You'd, yeah. you know, been in certain fashion shows. Yes, yes. So, what, what were you not happy with? Well, you know, it's like over thirty-three years, the the ball game changes a lot. Yeah, it's suppliers and it's availability of fabrics and it's small little businesses and it's haberdashery and it's you know you're competing with. Um, 
people from from nowhere that really just pops up with a little shop next to you and uh, not following the, the rules of our laws, which is like employment and how much should somebody earn and how much should they not earn and that kind of right. thing. So the competition is is on another level. And it's you see, our um, industry actually changed from 94 when all the doors were thrown open and then everybody just flooded the market with, with everything and anything. So that's how the competition just got a little bit uh, distorted and out of hand. And I yeah. said to myself, in those terms, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Certainly there should be regulations and there should be control and there should be a body looking after this whole thing and then, you know, steering it and how should it be. And that's how the formation of the, the fashion council started. Now, of course, at the top, we have the SA uh, Fashion Council, which is the, uh, the 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 main body, the head, and then we have the three uh, smaller ones underneath. You have got the KZN Council, and then the uh, um, Cape Town Fashion Council, and then you have the Gauteng Fashion Council, where I am a board director. And my uh, thing there is treasury, and of course education, mm-hmm. because that's what I'm passionate about: is to teach kids like what. Um, what quality is, for instance, and what fashion should be, and you know, coming from nowhere and then trying to make something of your life with your voice, with your with your two hands, and you know how to turn nothing into something amazing. So it's just a life passion. Hmm. And and being relevant. Yes. And as you say, creating job opportunities, yet being affordable, you know, because it's quite interesting. Uh, I was listening to a talk and they were saying that they, they talk about cheap labor. Yes. And it's not, it's, if they, they could easily pay people who are working in factories more money. It's the people right at the end who seem to be earning more money. Is that? True to for South Africa and certainly in it's, this in the fashion industry, it's unbelievably complicated. But you know, uh, it's always an agreement between the employee and the employer. Right. And then the, this is where I was thinking the regulations should really step in because, mm-hmm. like now, they're doing um, what, what is that the the, the the minimum wage yes. kind of thing. So I don't know if. That is going to, to be too hectic because, you know, in, in fashion also, it's, it's depending what your client is wanting to, to pay, what the budget really is. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's what is it really worth? So it's all <laughs> like a, a lot of fuss about almost nothing. Mm, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about this fashion week. Let's yes. talk about in Joburg in Santon. What can people expect to see? Well, Sunday night, of course, this is the fun part. This is the highlight because I don't think um, Hospice and SA Fashion Week has ever um, actually joined. What a collaboration. In, in a, in a, yeah, in a collab. So I thought it was incredible because now you are getting the stage. And that stage is incredible. I saw it on the videos that people are playing now with all the shows taking place this week. And uh, it's just looking incredible. And then we are able now to also step onto that stage and show our hospice special fashion collections. So that's very, very, very exciting. Of course, we have four local designers. And then there are some international designers that I don't know yet who they are, but I know it's the big guys. It's the top brands. Gee was Yeah. So that's very exciting. JJ. Yes. So um, as we, Jackie mentioned, where you can get your tickets, um, it's happening on Sunday. The doors open at 5.30. The show starts at 7 p.m. 
Get your tickets. Not only is it going to be a fabulous evening, but of course we've heard money goes to hospice and then they can continue to do the wonderful things yeah. they do. JJ Skimmon, thank you so much for joining thank us on you. the show. Lovely having all the be. best for Fashion thank Week, you. all the best for Sunday it. night. Thank you, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. And also I wanted to give you details for the Challah Bake that is happening this afternoon um, for the fundraiser. Um, it, it's taking place at Genesis at Pi Works um, and it's 36 Rand Per person, it's at 3 p.m. as I said, and you get to keep um, your challah one, and one of them you donate um, to the um, to the DL link. So um, I think that's how it works. But so that's the challah bake happening at Genesis at Pie Works this afternoon, 36 rand per person, and what a fantastic cause! I really, really do hope that you are going to be there. Ah, time does fly, certainly when you have such exciting guests. I do hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed the show. Um, and, and a question really for moms, and this is, does your little one have dry skin? Or do they have a nappy rash or soap allergies or even a stuffy nose? Well, the Bennett's Baby Range has there's just the solution for you. From Bennett's Moisturizing Cream, Bath and Massage Drops, Bum Cream, to Bennett's Saline Nose Spray, the entire range has been created to make giving your child the best, easiest care. So for more information about the range, go to www.bennettsforbabies.co.za or email us at info at bennettsforbabies.co.za. Thank you so much for joining me. Looking so forward to being with you same time next week. From me, Nikki Seberini, goodbye. This is Lifelinks with a DL Link.